Okay, here we go again. This is Prince Warriors and the Unseen Invasion. We are going into chapter 7 now. I feel like I am reading this for myself only. Um, I don't know if anybody is listening. Um, that's kind of makes me sad. But uh, um, at the same time, it's I guess it's about me. And it's about me getting what this books have to say. Because they're speaking to me too. So I will read it for myself. Chapter 7. <clears throat> the Corridor of Keys. Xavier blinked, gazing around him in relief. His friends were all there, wearing the armor they had been issued on their first visit. The white triangular breastplate with the glowing orb in the center, the white plain belt and the tall boots. Their clothes had changed to leather-like gray pants and shirts as well. Manuel appeared a few seconds later, also wearing his warrior clothes and armor. His eyes were still squeezed shut. He opened one, then the other, then let out his breath. This place looks different. He took off his glasses and put them in his pocket. His eyesight was always perfect, perfectly clear in Aharatus. They were in a long, dark corridor, almost like the Hall of Armor, where they'd first received their breastplates, belts, and boots, but they couldn't see any displays of armor. Instead, tall white pedestals of various heights surrounded them. On each pedestal rested a box. The boxes were of all different shapes, shapes and sizes, some very plain and some quite ornate. <clears throat> The boxes and their pedestals pedestals glowed brightly as if each were lit by its own spotlight. Are we even in the cave? said Evan. Must be, said Levi. We came through the water, but where's all the where what's in all the boxes? Let's see, said Evan, moving toward one. He was stopped in his tracks by the clear, unmistakable voice of Ruach booming over his head. Welcome once again, young warriors. Ruach was suddenly standing before them as if he just appeared out of nowhere, a small figure in a purple robe, his face hidden deep within the folds of his hood. Ruach, said Brianna, where are we? In the cave, of course. This is the corridor of keys. Ruach spread his arm to indicate the boxes. This is where we keep the keys of the kingdom. I thought there was only one key, said Evan, scratching his head. I never said there was only one. Ruach's voice held a hint of mystery. So the key to our locked rooms is in here too, Evan asked. The locked rooms? The first time they'd come to the cave, the kids had seen the locked doors, one beside each set of armor. Ruach had told them that the contents of the rooms belonged to them, but that the key to the rooms had been stolen. <coughs> Panaris had deceived Rook and had taken it in exchange for great riches. But once Panaris had the key in his possession, he threw Rook into prison. The children had rescued Rook, but for all they knew, the key they needed, the key that they longed for to open their locked rooms and finally see what was inside of them, was still in the enemy's possession somewhere in Skotos. So every room was still shut tight, taunting the warriors like a secret waiting to be told. That key is still in Skotos, Xavier said. Right, Ru? I mean, Ruach? I have retrieved it, Ruach said. The key to the locked rooms is here. The kids looked at each other, shocked and surprised, etched on their face. So we get to open our rooms then? Levi asked. That is not why you are here, said Ruach. The kids groaned in frustration. Did you bring us in here just to tease us? Evan said with a huff. No, Prince Evan. There is a time and season for all things. Today is not for keys. It is for shields. Ruach reached out one long arm toward the box near him, one of the larger boxes that opened that appeared to be covered in brownish-green vines and leaves. The box opened, although the kids didn't actually see Ruach's fingers touch it. Inside was a key. It was the same color as the box and very curvy, as if it, were, it too were made of twisted vines. He lifted the key and motioned to the kids. You will need your shields now, Ruach said. The enemy is angry. You freed Rook, and Rook in turn has freed many others from the Fortress of Chaos. You will need further protection. Come, follow me. 
Ruach turned and began moving toward the darkened end of the room. The kids hastened to follow, excited at the prospect of getting their shields. They had seen them the first time they'd come to Aharatas hang on the wall along with the rest of their armor, majestic golden shields as tall as they were, slightly curved and emblazoned with the crest of Aharatas, warrior shields. Ruach led them down several more dark tunnels, picking up speed as he went. The kids had to stay close so as not to run into a wall or trip over each other. <laughs> the light from their breastplates caught, cast a faint glow before them, as did the tiny purple lights that illuminated the passage wherever Ruach headed. He took several turns and then picked up speed on the long straightaway. He was moving so fast now that the kids could barely keep up with him. This reminds me of that night in the forest, Evan panted as they re ran. He's fast for a guy with such short legs. Who says he has legs, said Levi. I mean, have you ever seen any legs? Finally, Ruach stopped before a large, ornate door, more like a gate, causing the kids to run into each other as they skidded to a halt. None of them spoke as Ruach placed the key into the keyhole of the gate. It slowly swung open. <laughs> the first thing they heard was a low hum, like the rumble of an air conditioner in a very quiet room. Ruach moved much more slowly now, entering the new room, beckoning the kids to follow him. As soon as they did, they realized there were they were not in a room at all. They could see sunlight dripping in through a canopy of leaves overhead. Vines hung down from the tall trees with long curled branches and huge teardrop shaped leaves the ground beneath them was not stone it was hard packed dirt it's a garden brianna whispered it was so quiet she couldn't bring herself to speak out loud eerily quiet except for that weird low hum kind of creepy garden though the masses of vines fell upon the kids' shoulders as they followed Ruach down the path. Unlike the cave, which felt mysterious and otherworldly, this place seemed much more real, more alive. Be careful, said Ruach. We are outside of the cave now. It's like that place Mom told us in the city. Remember, Zavi? Evan belt, belted out, causing the others to cringe. The mechanical garden? Botanical garden, Xavier corrected in a hushed tone. And yeah, it does kind of look like that. Why is everybody whispering? Shh. They followed the path around several tall trees with more vines hanging down, brushing the kids' face brushing the kids' faces and shoulders as they passed. The path was red, as if the soil itself was red. Not the usual brownish red like clay, but bright red, ketchup colored, blood colored. A branch poked Brianna and she jumped back, startled, rubbing the sting at her cheek. Sharp, she whispered, that hurt. She reached out to push the vines and branches out of her way as she carefully stepped forward again. The others did as well, sensing that the plants around them were not particularly pleased by their presence. They came to the end of the path where a single tree stood encumbered by vines or moss. This tree had long branches that dipped low into the ground. In fact, the branches actually grew right down into the red dirt. Never saw a tree do that, said Manuel, inching it forward to study how the branches disappeared into the ground. Must be its way of replanting itself. You are correct, Prince Manuel, said Ruach. Ruach crouched down under the tree. The kid saw his hand emerge from his sleeves. His long fingers gl glowed brilliantly as if they were made of light. They had seen his hands a few times, but they still had never seen his face. Ruach began to dig, sending sprays of scarlet dirt into the air, shimmering in the light from above. Specks of red dirt settled on their hair and skin as the kids felt as if they, they too were coated in red. Ruach dug in silence. The kids tried to ask him questions about what he was doing, but he didn't answer. After a while, they began to get antsy and wandered around investigating the various plants around them. Manuel was particularly enthralled as there were species here even stranger than the ones he had in his room. This one looks like a skunk cabbage, Manuel said, pausing over a large bulbous plant with purple leaves in the center, but not quite. 
Then he came to another plant that had long curly stalks like corkscrews shooting straight up. Could it be a trichandra? I've never seen one up close before. They can only grow in South Africa. I'd like to take a cutting back with me for my collection. You can't take anything back with you, remember? Brianna said after another brush, uh, another branch brushed the back of her head. She jumped, knocking her foot against something hard. She stopped to see what it was, pushing aside some tangled vines to reveal a large red stone. It hadn't been painted. It was red. She'd never seen a stone this color before. When she touched it, the redness moved, like it was actually a fine covering on the stone, like there was a fine covering on the stone. She shifted more of it aside until she had uncovered some writing engraved into it. The Garden of Red. Look, she said, calling to the others to see. They all looked at the redstone curiously. Levi looked over his shoulder at Ruach, who was only a distance, short distance away, but still quite involved in digging. Maybe he will explain it, said Levi in a raspy voice, if he ever finishes digging. Ruach continued his work, paying no attention to what the kids were saying. Probably not, said Evan with a sigh. Red dirt, said Manuel, sticking his finger in the dirt around the stone and rubbing them together, like Mars or Oklahoma. This isn't Mars, said Xavier. And it sure ain't Oklahoma, Levi said with a laugh. There aren't any shields here, Evan said disappointedly. I've looked. They're probably still back in the Hall of Armor where the other pieces came from. Evan was tempted to ask Ruach about going to the Hall of Armor, but he had a feeling the guide still wasn't going to answer. Instead, he leaned toward Brianna and asked, Why didn't Ruach take us there instead of here? Maybe we're going there next. He turned back toward the gate where they'd entered, but it was gone. There was nothing but thick green vines where the doorway had been. We can't get out, Brianna whispered. Guess we'll have to wait to find out what Ruach brought us here. Why Ruach brought us here first, says Xavier. They huddled closer together, watching their guides, silently growing more nervous the longer this went on. What's he digging for? whispered Levi. Maybe he buried the shields here, said Brianna. Why would he bury the shields? Who knows, Xavier said. To keep them safe, maybe. If Paneris would steal the key, he might steal more stuff, too. He'd need a much bigger hole to bury those big shields, said Evan. But Paneris can't get into the cave, can he? Said Brianna, wrinkling her nose. We aren't in the cave, remember? Said Levi. It looks to me as though he's digging up one of those branches, Manuel said, peering at Ruach. Just then Ruach rose, holding up one of the long, swaying tree branches. At the end of it was something was... There was something red and round, a deep, dark, crimson red. Manuel moved closer to the red thing, his face clouded with skepticism. You must have faith, Prince Manuel. Ruach responded to the question Manuel had even, had not even asked. Faith? Yes, your faith is your shield. How can faith be a shield? That's impossible. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. Ruach spoke each word as if it were a sentence in itself. With that, he took the round red thing in his two hands and slowly split it open so that the warriors could see what was inside. <coughs> Chapter 8, Seeds of Doubt. <coughs> okay. That's where I'm going to stop right now.